Super Talk Mississippi media production. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us today, wherever you're tuned in, online, or one of our Super Talk affiliates. Uh, glad to have you on board. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and USM Athletics, and they have great food seven days a week. If you love barbecue, there really ain't a better place to go than Dickie's. Uh, you can enjoy it in their dining room, drive through, or take out. Uh, they'll even deliver it right to your home. So uh, Dickie's supports Southern Miss. We hope you will support Dickie's. All right, our first guest today is the running backs coach for Southern Miss, a former Memphis Tiger, former Washington Redskin and uh, NFL player. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, and a guy that is sort of built like a Greek god, Akeem Davis. How are you, Akeem? Hey, how you doing? How you doing, <laughs> I just want you to know, Akeem, if I'm ever in a place where you're at and a big fight breaks out, I'll be the guy standing right behind you and nah. uh, and will never leave your backside until the whole the whole thing is over. How are you, man? Hopefully, hopefully we, we have in a fight. We can come out of that thing alive. Man, I'm, <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. Blessed, and um, I'm just I'm, I'm fortunate to be where we are today. So we we all good. We doing well. You're always a, a lot of fun to have on the show. You have a great camp for kids. We're going to talk about that a little later uh, in the interview. But uh, but first off, I want to uh, I want to talk a little Southern Miss football for you. I understand that you've switched uh, from DBs to running backs. Going to be coaching the running backs uh, this year. Uh, Akeem, have you got any updated information on uh, what's going on on the campus and maybe your observation on on all the uncertainty uh, surrounding college football today? Yes, sir. You said the word, man. Everything is uncertain. We're just kind of controlling what we can't control. And, that's, you know, as a staff, just kind of watching all of the film we can watch. And whenever our guys do get back on campus and to prepare them the best way we can, um, the, the, the NCAA hadn't really given us too much to, to too, too much certainty to lean on, but right now, you know, like I said, we're just doing the best we can as a staff to give these guys a plan to go win the championship. Right now, you've switch you're, you're switching from, uh, and you were always a DB in, in college and in the NFL, uh, coaching running backs. Uh, is that a hard transition, or is there some advantage? having been a defensive player all of your life, uh, coach running backs, because you know what the defensive guys are thinking. I, I believe it's both, um, depending on how you're looking at it. It's definitely an advantage because I get to see things from a defensive mindset. Um, I get to see how, you know, I'm going to try to plan on attacking offenses and, and, and you know, blocking schemes and protections and all of that kind of great stuff. However, it's a learning curve as well because, like you say, I, it's my first year doing it. And I, I get a chance to learn from uh, a great group of guys in Tim Billings, 
Um, Matt Cubic, man, I, I just the knowledge that he have and the way that he goes about presenting it has great communication skills. He tells you exactly what he wants, exactly how he wants it done, and he does it in a way, you know, that I mean, even I can get it right. And so, um, <laughs> I just I, I think it's I think it's a great fit for myself being a young football coach to just be around all of that knowledge. And I'm just a fly on the wall soaking it in. Um, I look forward to coming to work every single day because, like I say, it's, it's like a cram session. I'm, learning, I'm constantly learning brand new things, and, uh, and and I get a chance to go and teach those things to my guys. And so I look forward to it. Good deal. Luke? Uh, Akeem, we need to inform Bob. Offense was actually your first love because the 2007 <laughs> Laurel Gordon, Golden Tornadoes, the one that state championship, you were the quarterback, so That's it's, right. it's kind of like you're returning back to your first love. That's right, and and I and actually those old offensive days, those old quarterback days, I actually lean on those things because I mean, let's face it, football is never changing. You know, I mean, the game of football won't change. You know, you just try to find details in, in a scheme to to actually you know get the edge on another guy, but. The game is always the same. I got a couple questions. The first is going to deal with Matt Kubik. The second, I want to talk a little more about the position that you're coaching. A lot of people excited about that in 2020. What can Southern Miss fans expect from a Matt Kubik offense? We weren't able to see it in the spring, obviously. Kind of bring our listeners up to date about how this offense is unique and what are the things that Coach Kubik is going to emphasize on? Uh, I think Coach is going to be very balanced. Um, his attack is going to be a balanced attack. And um, one thing I know we're going to emphasize is that if it ain't broke, he ain't going to fix it. And that's, that's about that's about all of the information I think I'd be able to give out on air, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, we have so many we have so many South Alabama fans that listen to the show, so we certainly uh, we certainly understand that, Akeem. No problem at all. Yes, I think that what people are excited about is that they feel that a Matt Kubik offense is going to be the run will set up the pass. We felt like the last few years we, it's been the other way around, and that's why your yes, position sir. is so important. You got guys like Perk coming back, Mosley's coming back, oh, yeah. D Baker, Stephen Anderson, but particularly, oh, yeah. are you excited? You got Don Ragsdale, who was the top. Oh, Ten in the history of Mississippi rushing, and then oh, by the way, we get Frank Gore Jr. coming in as a true freshman. You might be the most exciting coach on the football team right now for for who's under uh, your coaching. Oh man, we have we definitely have the talent in that room is undeniable. Um, we have guys that can take it the distance. You know, we have guys that can take over a game. We have guys that our closers that makes it hard on defensive guys in the fourth quarter because they are such a load when they're running the football. Um, we have guys, man, that could just take the top off of it. We have a, and I call that room stable, okay, because we have a stable of guys that can do it. And I look forward to coming and, 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 and coming to work and actually getting a chance to obviously zoom with those guys. That's our only chance to be able to see them face-to-face and and like I say, I feel like I'm the most blessed man on the planet to be able to walk into the room in my first running backs job, and boom, I got that kind of level of talent that's out there. I mean, I, I get them guys on the bus, and I think I'd be a pretty good running backs coach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. 
So tell us a little bit about the Gore kid. I, I don't know if you've had a chance to meet him. Of course, his father's a very famous guy, and very quietly, his dad, Akeem, has become one of the best running backs in the history of the NFL. Absolutely, absolutely. And I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to play with Frank Gore whenever I was with the Indianapolis Colts, and he is he goes to work, you know, and that's one thing about Frank Gore is that one thing I know about him, he, he goes to work, and his son, you know, they, they're they the same. Um, in fact, I mean, as I alluded earlier, we hadn't had a spring, and so it's hard to be able to see what type of skill set he presents on the field. He's a very good football player. That's why he's playing for the Golden Eagles right now. However, you know, I'm looking forward to actually getting him on and actually seeing, you know, what type of, back that he's going to be on this level. I know he's a really good football player, but I've yet to see what what type of skill set that he's going to be able to bring to the table. But I know, like you said, he's got the pedigree. His dad is an all-pro, um, probably a future first battle Hall of Famer, but I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do and what type of edge he's going to bring to that stable. Akeem, what separates the really great players like Frank Gore Jr.? You had a chance, to, or Frank Gore, you had a chance to play with him what was different about Frank Gore than your routine running back that maybe came through the Colts organization? I think Big Frank was always consistent. He was a pro. I mean, when you talk about guys, and it's a buzzword people throw it around all the time, but he was a consummate professional. Um, he came to work every single day. It seemed like you could say to watch by his habits because he's in the cafeteria at the same time, pretty much the first one in. He leaves at the same time. He's in the training room at the same time. I mean, he's just so regimented and so routine that he's been able to sustain a certain level of success that works for him because of the things and the habits that he's done. And I was able to see him for those three months or two months that I was out there in Indianapolis with him. And, you know, he, he, he was a professional. Um, and, and then he treat people really well. I mean, whether you're a practice squad guy or – 20-year veteran. I mean, he's not going to see any differences. He, he's easy. You, you can approach him. Um, all of the knowledge that he has, he's not trying to hoard it. He, he will talk to you about anything, and he's very knowledgeable. He's a smart guy, yeah. you know. And um, I think that's what set him apart. Um, I know a lot of guys on that level that's done had that type of success can kind of, you know, let it get to him, but he, he's as humble as Pat man, and, and he he's a professional at the same time, and anybody can go up, hold a conversation with him, and you thought you know known him for 20 years at the end of the conversation. That's just how easy and how personable he is to talk to. Right, and not the guy you want to meet in an open field when he's got a full head of steam, am I right? He is a doggone <laughs> he's, he's a bitch. That, that's why Plays twenty. I mean, that's why he plays for the time he plays. Right. All right. We're talking to Akeem Davis, running back coach uh, for the Golden Eagles, and just a genuinely fine man. We're going to talk to him about his camp for kids, and to continue our football conversation with a real football player, Akeem Davis. Right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. We're talking to Akeem Davis, running back coach for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. This segment of the show sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Great selection every day 
of Southern Miss Apparel, household items, car accessories, whatever you like with the Southern Miss logo from, I don't know, from wine glasses to car tags, they've got it at Campus Bookmark. You can uh, shop in person on their at their Hardy Street location, or you can go to campusbookmark.net. Want to also throw a shout out to our buddies at DBAT and D1 Training Facilities. D1 training athletes in every sport, really state of the art facility on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Uh, no matter your age, no matter your sport, uh, there's a guy or a girl at D1 that can help you get better. And if you've got a child in your family that uh, wants to play baseball or softball or wants to just get better at the game, then those are great guys to see as well. D-Bat providing softball and baseball training. And Akeem, anytime you can have a a state-of-the-art training facility like this uh, in the community, that's that's got to be good not only for for kids who are growing up through all of these youth leagues, but uh, you know for, for older guys that want to stay in shape and maybe refine their uh, – golf game tennis game whatever i'm sure you agree training is very important in athletics oh absolutely absolutely and uh like you say you, you, your body is a corporation if you don't take care of it you won't do good but if you do if you do you'll last a long time and uh it definitely starts with a with a state-of-the-art grade a training facility like d1 all right, Akeem, we uh, we always love talking to you. We could talk to you about football all day, and, and we're going to continue that conversation. But we do want you to to be able to let our listeners know about your camp uh, that's coming up. I know you do uh, unbelievable, unbelievable work uh, with kids. Talk just a little bit about your camp, please. Well, we we it's going to be our our sixth consecutive year doing the AD forty seven Football Leadership Academy. And um, we, we get the kids there. Um, it, it, it's been the first year was 53, sort of set up like a 53-man roster. And then we t- went to 100 for four consecutive years, and it was, you know, sold out. But this year, obviously, due to the situation that we're in, COVID-19, we're, we're, we're going to do it, but we're going to limit the numbers, obviously, due to the CDC guidelines. But um, we get the kids here. Um, and 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 put, for me, football is like the honey that attracts the bees. You know, we get them here; they will be excited about football. But we hit them with character, we hit them with leadership, discipline, we hit them with follow through, we hit them with grit, we hit them with so many things that's gonna that's gonna uh, affect their lives. Not only their football game, you know, but their lives. And and we plant those seeds in them. And so this year, the sixth. The sixth year, we're going to actually incorporate, in light of what's going on in the communities and around the world, we're going to actually incorporate the Cops and Cleats campaign. And so instead of us football coaches facilitating the camp, we're going to get the cops from the law, police department, the Jones County Sheriff's Department, the Mississippi Highway Patrolmen. They're going to get around out of, out of their uniform, out of that element, and they're going to build, develop, and sustain some relationships with these 8- to 12-year-old young men that hopefully flows into communities that hopefully pays dividends for us all in the future. Um, and so that's kind of the, the mindset behind it, and, and that's the vision. And so we'll, we'll be right there at the half school, man, from 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock p.m. is the registration. We'll go from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock. We're going to turn on the lights. We're going to run around, and we're going to have a tremendous time. Obviously, everybody will be temperature checked, um, sanitized down. We got, we got a screening process that we'll use. Um, South Central Regional Medical Center Sports Group is going to facilitate the screening process. And um, we, 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 we're excited about it. Um, and I can't say enough about the consistent support of our community, you know, from the parents to the volunteers to the companies that have stepped up and identified with the values and life lessons that we're passing on to these kids. Um, the SMU, the company, the First Bank, First State Bank, 
uh, South Central Regional Medical Center Sports Group. Um, it's, you know, Piggly Wiggly. I mean, I mean, I, the night the list goes on. Um, they are investing investing in these kids, and um, they will certainly, we will certainly reap a reward because of it. I believe. Well, I know they'll learn a lot about football being around you, but that's just such an awesome concept for you to bring law enforcement in there. And I just want to thank you and and congratulate you for doing that. I, I think that speaks. Uh, hey, like the word says, man, it's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. And right. so if we use our um, vehicle and we use our platform to advance the kingdom, man, I think we'll be in good shape as a human, as, as a human, as a human race, as, as, as human, period. We'll be in great shape. Well, that's just wonderful. All right, look, I know this is a special day for you, Luke, being a New Orleans Saints fan. Anytime you get an opportunity to talk to a man who has worn the burgundy and gold, who has been part of such an iconic and historic franchise as the Washington Redskins. So, Luke, I'm going to sit back. And let all your fantasies come true as you continue to question former Redskin Akeem Davis. Well, joke's on you, Bob, because he also played for the New Orleans Saints. So who dat? Ain't that right, Akeem? Uh. Yes, sir. Akeem, who dat? he's not now, getting in this. I, I need to, well, his, his, look, hey, so Akeem is one of those celebrities that actually has a Wikipedia page, and I'll give you this, Bob. The picture of Akeem on his own Wikipedia page is wow. in a Redskins jersey. So there we go. There we go. Well, that's the way it should be. So, that's it. Akeem, I don't I don't think I've ever told you this, but I was on my way back from India. You know how I go over there a couple times a year. I was flying over Eastern Europe. I think I was actually flying over the Black Sea. They had live cable television. And I was I was in the Eastern Hemisphere watching Monday night football and who is making tackles on the kickoff team? Akeem Davis of wow. Laurel, Mississippi, and I was watching all that at 30,000 feet. How cool wow. was it in your NFL career to be a part of some of those, and we joked about it, but, man, some of those teams like the Seahawks, you know, the Colts, the, know, the, the Redskins, it, as an amazing as it was when you look back at your career, you got to play in some of those games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's definitely a blessing. I can't put into words as rich as our English vocabulary is. I can't find the words to <laughs> the feeling, you know, because that's your childhood dream. You know, that's what you always wanted to do. And the Lord blessed me. I was fortunate enough to reach my childhood dreams and goals. But I, I find, believe it or not, I find just as much uh, uh, rewarding, rewarding coaching as, as I did playing because I, you know, love, love for other guys to reach there. But, man, being on that field on the Monday night playing against the Dallas Cowboys at prime time in AT&T Stadium in Jersey, <laughs> It's, it's, it is a I can't I can't find the words. Does it I, I, get I, any bigger than that? I don't I don't think it does, Akeem. Monday night football, national TV against the Dallas Cowboys. That's pretty cool, is it not? Yeah, it, it, it will. Especially being from Little Old Lawrence, Mississippi, and I think that and, and those stones, man, those gems are here. You know, we just we just got to empower these young men. We got to allow them to know that everything that they want to do is right there at their fingertips. They just got to work hard. They got to have faith in the law, and they just got to work hard. And don't worry about everything that they see that's going on around them. That's going to allow them to be distracted. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think a picture is worth a thousand words. That's why I think it's important for myself to be visual visual, so they can see us, they can touch us, they can say, hey, look, you know, he grew up on the same streets that I did. So wow. I feel like I can do the same thing that he's doing. So that's, 
that, but to answer your question, man, it's it's it's, it's, it's an awesome, 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 awesome experience. Awesome. You gotta be, gotta be, yeah. What are the dates um, of your camp, uh, Akeem? I don't, I don't think we got that in actually. It's gonna be, it's gonna be Saturday, July the eleventh, from five p.m. is registration, and six to nine p.m. is the actual camp. Okay, so they register that day. There's no pre-registration. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so they gonna so I, there is a pre-registration, and the pre-registration is uh, is actually already full. But I'd encourage um, if you want to participate to come anyway, because all of the guys that signed up we've learned from previous years don't always show up. Mm-hmm. And it, and if and if you're a walk on and that guy don't if, uh, or well walk up. Weather, and someone don't show up, you, you get first dibs on that actual slot. So um, registration is 5 p.m. Um, sharp, and at six o'clock we'll be warming up. And man, we don't have a good we don't have a good time. No question. Look, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You can finish up with Akeem. All good. About a minute left, Akeem. Uh, when when people watch you on the Southern Miss practice field, they see you at games. You still got that like forty-two inch vertical or whatever it is because you're always jumping up and uh, you know hitting chest with your guys. You are, I guess, most the the most understatement I'll say today is your coaching style is very energetic. You enjoy what you do. I, I enjoy. It. I really do. I really do. I I, I enjoy every moment of it. Um, you know, because like you said, everybody want to play. And um, you know, a few people get a chance to play, and the Lord bless me to do it. And and when you're done playing, it seems like everybody want to coach. And a few people get to coach, but the Lord is blessing me to do it. And I just, I'm gonna have fun, man. I, I'm gonna have a good time. I'm gonna have a great time. I'm gonna motivate my kids. I'm, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get every ounce of, of of ability that they got in them out of them. Um, and, and I'm gonna challenge them, and we gonna compete. We gonna work hard, and and, and we gonna win. And, 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 you know, wins, we, wins are not defined in the win-loss column. I go, in my profession it is, but if that young man is winning in life, then I feel like I'll be won. And so that, that's, 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 the, that's the goal for me, per se. Akeem Davis, you were a great football player, an excellent football coach. You're an even better man. You're a great guy, my friend. And it's always a privilege to have you on the Eagle Hour. Uh, your camp again, uh, July 11th, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Akeem Davis, thank you very much, sir. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Thanks man. Akeem Davis, everybody, running back coach for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Thursday, greatly appreciate Southern Miss football running back coach Akeem Davis for joining us in those first two segments. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located just across Highway 49 in the shadow of the rock on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, owner Slade White, great friend of the Eagle Hour, and go over there and, and grab their eight ninety five lunch. Comes with a drink. You can always go on their Facebook page and find out what the entree of the day is. 
But Bob's really excited because a uh, fried oyster sandwich, uh, po' boy, I, I can't should tell say, you how good the, uh, that sounds, my week. friend. Man, that sounds good. You know what tomorrow is, don't you? At, at Fortune. Catfish Friday, right? Yeah, that's it. As good as you'll ever eat. Good stuff. All right. Well, Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. We're going to continue football, man. I mean, the NCAA may be, may be doubting us a little bit, but we're just going to keep talking football, 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 and we're going to make this thing happen. Alex Michael was an offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles from 2006 to 2010. And, Alex, right off the, the, the off air, I told you, man, we missed each other by one year. But you're, you're a Mississippi dude coming out of Southeast Lauderdale High School. How in the world did you get to Southern Miss? Uh, well, Southern Miss was always in my one of my top college choices. It was about an hour, hour and a half from the house. So it was pretty local for me. Um, one of the guys that I really looked up to in high school, Torrin Tucker, uh, from my high school, he ended up, he played at Southern Miss too. So I kind of followed Southern Miss all the way along from that point on forward. So they were always on my radar as far as where I wanted to continue my career. Torrin Tucker was a uh, was a teammate of mine and. He'd stand up in team meetings and say, my mama always said, Tuck, if you're going to make yourself something, you got to work hard. So y'all better do oh, yeah. what my mama say and go outside and work hard. So yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh. you know exactly what I'm talking about. One of the things that was intriguing to me was, man, you were you had an injury. You and I had that in common also your senior year. But, man, yes, you, you talk about Southern Miss being in your top three. Mississippi State, Alabama, even Washington was looking at you pretty hard out of southeast Lauderdale. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, Southern Miss, man, they were always I always had a thing about wanting to play in state. You know, I always wanted to represent my state as I kind of moved up. Um, I was still looking at some other schools outside the state, but being being at home, staying close to home was always pretty important to me. And I just like what Southern Miss brought to the table. They're always tough and nasty and always had a winning tradition. So that's kind of what attracted me to the program. Good stuff. Uh, how much did that reputation uh play in, in, in your mind that what you just said that reputation of being tough and nasty and kind of a blue collar type of football program was that attractive to you apparently so right absolutely that's what i was all about man my dad used to always preach it to me man he said nobody's gonna give it to you you got to go work for it so that was kind of the mentality coming in because i played a lot of defensive line in high school too so i was kind of on that borderline of playing defensive line offensive line didn't know either way so it was the nasty bunch tradition uh, like I said, with Torrin Tucker had been there, and I knew what kind of player he was and his work ethic and stuff like that. So that was really attractive to me. And then the winning always helps. Right. Torrin Tucker went on to play in the NFL. Am I wrong about that, guys? Yes, sir, for the Cowboys. Oh, that's exactly right, isn't it? He did. He played for Dallas. Yeah, you're exactly right. We always like asking people this. Uh, is there is there one game, one night, one afternoon when you look back on your career, it really sticks out in your mind and puts a smile on your face? Let me see. I, I have quite a few, to be honest. I feel like um, the, when we went down to Central Florida my senior year, they were ranked, I think they were ranked either 20 or 23 in the country at that time, and they were the big talk around Conference USA. We went down there, put a whooping on them in front of their home crowd. That was, that was, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I do. I, I do. Those, uh, those fans down there, I tell you what, we, we were down there, uh, I guess that's in Orlando. Man, those fans, South Florida fans, they get in there, and and obviously they're they've been influenced by the pregame drink. But oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> nothing made nothing made me happier like what you said. We put a whooping on South Florida one time, and it was just it was the joy of my life to be able to do that. Now, as as an offensive lineman, you you came in and you were accustomed. Uh, you were recruited under Coach Bauer. Man, it was going to be ground and pound, play action pass. 
right. after your redshirt freshman year, here comes the spread. How did that affect you as an offensive lineman? Man, it was different, man. It was, it was a whole different ball game because I know myself, I feel like uh, being a run blocker was, was somewhat my strength. Like, I feel like I was a decent pass blocker, but I feel like being a, you know, a grounder was, was my strength. You know, so they kind of switched the whole format, you know, going from playing in a two-point stance, you know, no huddle, kind of, you know, moving at a faster tempo. So you definitely had to step it up a notch as far as, like, the conditioning was concerned and stuff like that. Um, it definitely it definitely was an excitement factor, you know, because it was something different. I had never played the spread offense before. So it was definitely different for me. But uh, we definitely had to make some adjustments as far as the conditioning and stuff like that. Did you take it personal that your quarterback grew up about 10 miles from where you were, you and Austin Davis, both Meridian guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, I, man, it's a pride thing for me. Like, for me, like, the whole I knew in, in our region, in our area, I know we had the best football in, in the state of Mississippi uh, between Meridian High School and the Lauderdale County Schools. I know uh, player for player, we probably had some of the best, best talent coming out of the state of Mississippi. So, I mean, it was no, it was no surprise to me that we all end up, you know, playing at a high level, you know. Yeah, you're. I, I ahead, guess. Look. I guess what I meant to say, Alex, was: Did you take it personal to protect him <laughs> because he grew up within five or ten miles of where you were? Oh well, you know, to be honest, I mean, I would like to say it was a little extra, taking a little extra pride there. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, I got to get it done, man. I'll be sitting on that pine, so <laughs> I got to get it done no matter who, no matter who's back there taking a the snap. <laughs> sitting on the pine. That's not where you wanted to be, was it, Alex? No, no sir. No, sir. How good was Austin Davis? What was Austin Davis like in a huddle? Pressures on you, games on the line. You guys uh, hit the huddle or hit the line of scrimmage, get ready to go to the next play. What was it like to have Austin Davis leading that group? Hey, Austin was the guy, man. Like from a from a from a from a leadership standpoint, I, I haven't played with anybody better from a leadership standpoint. I mean, you you just knew when he was back there, we were gonna get it done. You know, we called a play. No matter what the play was, you know, it was gonna be, it was gonna be executed properly. He was mentally always gonna be on point. You know, his preparation was always going to be on point. You know, we knew he was going to bring his best to the table every snap. Right. That spread offense that Luke referenced, uh, and you referenced you had to, you know, you had to adjust your training. I would think of all the guys on the field running that spread offense all afternoon on a hot day is probably the the biggest challenge, the hardest uh, burden is, is on the offensive lineman. Hey, I would say so. But, you know, the, the beautiful thing about it is, once you get your body to that point where you can go and you can run at that tempo for a long phase, man, it's nothing like seeing those defensive linemen trying to tap out and they can't get to the sideline in time. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because the defensive line always had the advantage. They get to rotate in and rotate out. You know, we run the same five pretty much the whole game. So as soon as, they're, as, soon as they can't sub out and they get tired, they get wore out. I mean, we just rolling them at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I bet, I bet there's a little enjoyment in watching that. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's, that's definitely the incentive to make sure your conditioning is at a certain point. So once you get to that point where you start rolling them, then you know you just all you see is the back of your running back's number running down the field. So that's that's it. That's what you want to see. And I'm gonna ask you a question. Ask you to fill in the blanks. The most impressive thing about Coach Larry Fedora was his ability to get the team going. Man, he was he was probably the ultimate rah rah guy. You want to talk about getting the team going, getting them fired up, getting them ready to play? I think he was he was that guy for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he he definitely make the guys run through the wall for him. For right, sure. right, Luke. A couple more questions for me in our in our remaining time, Alex. Um, yes, sir. How, how did playing for Ty Trahan and I should throw that out there. Ty Trahan, 
outstanding, maybe one of the most underrated defensive players in Southern Miss history. He played in, in the middle of that nasty bunch in the mid to late 90s. He was your high school coach, and, and obviously you got some of that uh, you know nasty bunch attitude. But how he's now the defensive coordinator at, at uh, Pearl River Community College. How did his high school coaching affect you uh, as you made the transition to Southern Miss? Coach Trahan, I remember the day he got to my high school. I think it was after my sophomore year. It's funny, I had two I had two coaches in high school as well. He got there at the end of my sophomore year, and he told me, he pulled me aside, he said, hey, you're a D1 guy, you're a D1 talent. He was like, I'm going to show you how to work like a D1 guy. So from that point on, you know, the workout programs, the practices were run, kind of like a college-style practice and stuff like this. He like, you want to move on to that level, this is what it's going to take. So him kind of showing me, teaching me the ropes as far as, like, how to prepare, how to work, and how to do certain things, I think that definitely gave me an edge going up, moving up to the next level. I ask you about Austin Davis, but the running back, it, and it's just hard to fathom. You had Austin Davis back there, and the guy that he was handing it off to was Damian Fletcher. Put in perspective what kind of back, what kind of collegiate back Damian Fletcher was. <laughs> hey, I think Damian Fletcher is the most underrated NCAA player in history, in my personal opinion. I've never seen a guy move side to side as fast as that guy could. Hmm. Never, in my, never in my life. Even, even in like summer workouts and stuff, when we running like – Agility drills and pro shuttles and stuff like that. It was like a cat. His his the the way his athletic ability, man. It was I haven't seen anything like it ever. Good stuff. Hey, thirty seconds left, Alex. Where are you now? What are you doing, dude? I'm out in I'm out in Turlock, California. I own a gym, a personal training studio. Oh. I'm actually a com- competitive bodybuilder at the moment as well. Um, hope, hoping to go be, obtain my pro status by the end of this year. So. That's what I'm doing right now. Well, good for you, young man. We're, we're, we're glad to hear that. We really appreciate your time uh, coming on the show, Alex. Great conversation. Best of luck to you. Uh, impressive. Yes, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Impressive that you own your own business and, and, and working toward another goal. So we thank you, my man. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Alex Michael, everybody, former great offensive lineman. Hey, Bob. Us. Yes, sir. I, I'm a professional bodybuilder, too. Are you? I've noticed. Chicken with chicken wings. <laughs> Alex can maybe help you out with that, Luke. I don't know. I have his number here. I'll I'll text it to you <laughs> after the show. Sounds we'll good. be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Great conversation with Alex Michael, former offensive lineman for Southern Miss from 2006 to 2010. Greatly appreciate Alex's time on the Eagle Hour today. Thank you for listening to us. The fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and online, Toyota Hattiesburg. Maybe you need to finance your new vehicle. You can go on ToyotaHattiesburg.com, secure financing, as well as pick out your next ride, whether it's a truck, car, or SUV. 
Toyota of Hattiesburg there for you. And we greatly appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. A couple news and notes. Uh, men's basketball, you still got to tonight at 7 p.m. Central to vote for the all-decade team in Southern Miss basketball. Also, there's a new article up on southernmiss.com. Um, John Cox sits down with Jay Ladner to uh, discuss um, the, the current signee class. I would point your your uh, direction to that simply because if if you and, and one of the reasons, man, we want to see football. I, I want to see football, but man, so excited about this basketball team on the hardwood for the Golden Eagles. And I, I think if you haven't done your homework, go back and study. What type of recruiting class Jay Ladder and his staff pulled off this year? It is Bob. It's the best in the last ten or fifteen years. No question. We've talked Hands a lot down. about it, but boy, it's a heck of a job. Heck of a job uh, by Coach Ladner. So we certainly hope that uh, they get to play. All right, look, look. Uh, short segment here to end the show, but uh, you know, Alex uh, brought up Damian Fletcher. What a thing to say! The most underrated player in NCAA history. But, you know, you made a good point to me during the break. When we talk about Southern Miss football, for some odd reason, his name doesn't come up a lot, and he may very well have been the best running back that ever played here. When you look at him statistically, and, I mean, he did start all four years. We get that. But when you look at what he did, he played for two head coaches. He was 06 to to 09, so his first two years were under Coach Bauer. He rushed for almost 1,400 yards as a true freshman. It was the 11th most uh, or the 13th most yards by a freshman in NCAA history. He comes back his sophomore year, which is by far uh, his statistically his best. He rushes for 1,500 yards, almost 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns. So through two years, he's right at 3,000 yards. Mm. Comes back the next year has under a Larry Fedora spread offense about 75 less carries and still rushes for 1,300 yards. And then his last year he was banged up a little bit and he went for 1,000 yards. So he ends all time, Bob, and this is just what blows me away because when you think of Southern Miss running backs, you think of Tony Smith with Brett, you think of uh, Go-Go Gary, you think of uh, Sam Didar- Did I can't ever pronounce his last name. For me. You think of Sam Dejarnette. Yeah. Yep. You, you think of those guys. You think of Sammy Winder, obviously, but when you compare what Damian Fletcher did, when he ended his Southern Miss career, he had surpassed people like LaDainian Tomlinson, Herschel Walker, and he was eighth all-time, eighth all-time in NCAA rushing history. That is... Crazy. So right now, because there's been a couple guys come through, you know, in the last few years. Right now, Damian Fletcher is 15th all time in rushing yards in NCAA history. Brett Favre can't claim that. Reggie Collier can't claim that. Reggie Reggie has a historical being the only guy to throw and pass for a thousand yards in a season. But we're talking about a top 20 statistical leader in NCAA history, and it just blows my mind why we don't talk about him more. Well, right, and and how, how many more yards would he have had had Jeff Bauer been there his last two years because they went from a primary you know run first offense to the spread, so the number of carries he got dropped significantly his last two years. Who's to say, Luke, just how many yards he would have had had he stayed in that single-back formation for four years? In 08, he had 75 less carries and still basically 
was on tap for almost the same rushing as a true freshman. So if he had had 50 more carries or even 60 more carries under Fedora, he would have got close to 6,000 yards, which would have put him right now in the top seven all time. Well, clearly, Damian Fletcher, if not the best running back, and you hate to make those comparisons, there have been a lot of great running backs at Southern Miss, Sammy Winder, Edo Smith, uh, you could go on and on. But, uh, boy, no no question, uh, really, no, no question, a great one. All right, real quickly, just a, about 30 seconds left. Uh, we didn't really talk about this much yesterday. Ivy League votes to cancel all fall sports. There will be no football uh, in the Ivy League, do you think, Luke, that's the first domino to follow a fall, or is the Ivy League uh, not influential in, in what other conferences may do? Well, Harvard has a $45 billion endowment, so I don't think they're really banking on ticket sales to get them through. So <laughs> I don't think that it's the first domino. If somebody has a knee-jerk reaction today or tomorrow – but, I mean, you're talking about two different leagues all together when you start talking, comparing Ivy League to everybody else. Right. One quick interesting note, the Baltimore Ravens planning for the season announced yesterday that they plan to admit only 14,000 fans a game in their 71,000-seat stadium. That may be a preview of what you see in the NFL or perhaps something we can talk about more tomorrow. Patrick McGee's been on vacation. He's on his way back from the mountains as we speak. Patrick will be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We'll catch up with him. Until then, everyone, Southern Miss to the top. Keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.